Hello, everyone, and welcome to Engage, a family gaming podcast. This is episode 119. Yes, we've made it this far. And I am your host, Stephen Deusman, as always. This is the official video game and board game podcast for EngagedFamilyGaming.com. EFG is a website where parents like myself and my co-hosts and sometimes guests come together to give parents and families the information they need to get their family game on. This week, I am joined by two people, my lovely wife, Jenna. Hello, everybody. And returning from episode 77, our very special guest, my BFF, the Dr. Rachel Cowart. How are you? Hey, great to be back. It's been too long. It has been too long. We've been talking about this for a while, but like you went and did that whole having a kid thing. And like, I did. I did. And you're busy because you're like starting a company um, and like, you know, networking and like, now you're like this big Instagram chick now. So like, you know, I don't even know what I'm doing. Um, so you're, all I know is every day I hop onto my Instagram and I'm given a little piece of inspiration. So thank you. You tell me, to, tell me to be mindful. She tells me, she, she tells me to take care of myself, which obviously I don't. Um, but you know, well, you I probably should. Um, it's very, but so, uh, top notch stuff, but you're back. Because we're going to talk about some of the serious sides of gaming today a little bit. Um, totally blindsiding my wife. We're going to talk about the World Health Organization and its recent classification of internet gaming disorder. And um, what that means. Um, and whether or not parents should panic. Which, spoilers, you shouldn't. Um, and that <laughs> announcement came at the end of 2017 uh, we've been trying to get our get really i've been wanting to cover this for a while rachel and i've been trying to get my legs underneath me trying to figure out how to best do it and then i saw you tweet and i was like okay that's how <laughs> we're gonna do this um so here's how we're gonna we're, we're gonna talk about it um i have deliberately not told my wife any of this stuff um so we're gonna get some hot mom takes which is gonna be awesome um and i suspect it's possible that, that the good doctor and i may disagree on some things which is okay because we still love each other serious heart hands um and um we'll go from there does that sound good ladies sounds good to me sounds great fair enough so before we go too far along folks i do want to thank you for listening um i hope the games you've been playing have been great i'll tell you what we've been playing some interesting stuff and we'll talk about that in a moment we go around the horn i know many of you might have been wondering where the hell was our board game podcast last week well i'll tell you um, every time Jenna and I decided that we were going to sit down and record our board game podcast, um, one night our boys literally decided to have a Nerf war in their bedroom. <laughs> um, another night we couldn't get the, the little one to go to sleep. She was just being particularly needy and she was being too loud to actually get it done. Um, and one night I was watching Raw, and I'm sorry, but it was the Raw <laughs> after the Royal Rumble. What are you going to do? Um... Don't judge me, Doc. I watch professional wrestling when football season isn't happening. Um, <sighs> I love it. I really do. It's great. I don't want you to Dark love it. I don't really want you to love it. I just want you to just respect my poor life choices. So, um, I apologize for that. We're going to try and be better, but we can't just ignore our children when they're having a Nerf war just to record a podcast that would kind of defeat the purpose of what we are doing. So what did I do? I got involved in a Nerf war because that is called engagement. So, um, 
one thing that we do want to do, we want to make the show as interactive as possible, so please feel free to reach out to us on social media, shoot us an email, let us know. The gimme topics are draining because we're moving into the meat of the year, so we'd love to talk about what you want to talk about. So, um, this is Video Game Week. Very excited. Um, So why don't we take a minute, let's go around the horn very briefly, um, because we have a couple of games, one of which my wife is going to talk about. She's been playing the demo for Radiant Historia Perfect Chronology. Um, People who listen to episode 77, and if you haven't, you should go back and listen. Uh, Doc, does that not sound like your game? That sounds like exactly what I need in my life right now. I'm not going to lie. It's it's worth noting it's a 3DS game. You can play that on the go. Oh, excellent. Even better. So, Jenna, you've been playing the demo because you finished, you actually defeated a, uh, you you actually completed a Legend of Zelda game on the 3DS. And so now you've been, you were looking for a little something different. And this popped up on the eShop this week. Tell us uh, your experiences. Okay, so this is, it reminds me of something that I've played before, and I really can't think of what. Probably a Final Fantasy game, but you know me, I don't remember what games I play. Um, Basically, you're in this world where there's, the the world is kind of being covered in sand, and it's taking over the entire world, and there's only a few fertile areas of land that are left. And you are a spy named Stock, who's given a mission during this war between these these different countries. Um, I think one is... One is, I can't remember the names. I'm really bad at that. Okay, but there's these two countries. He's a a spy, and he's given a mission during the war to take two people that he's just met and meet somebody who has information about the armaments of the enemy. So he can, you know, stop the enemy by getting information about their armaments. And so far, um, it's it's very, like, the cut scenes are all, like, super anime and, you know over the top and if if i may pause you for a moment doc um the opening cinematic is in fact basically an anime opening like intro (laughs) of the characters anime song in the background all very dramatic this is it's pretty weeby in the beginning um but it's it is I mean everything you just described, Jen Doc. This is it's quintessential JRPG. You got to go on an adventure with these two people you've never met and do this crazy stuff, and you get tied right. up in this whole quest. Yeah, it's JRPG. And you start seeing visions. Yeah, you start seeing visions of the people that you're going on this adventure with dead. So you know that something bad's going to happen. You get warned as you're on your way out of the village. You know, oh my god, I have a bad feeling. This isn't going to go well. Um, we're probably all gonna. You're probably all gonna die. Because the last couple times I've had this feeling, you know, everybody's died. So be careful. And they send you out to buy supplies and go out on this mission. And you have this crazy little book that appears to be blank um, called The White Chronicle with you. And I'm sure it does some cool stuff as you get along in the game. I have no idea. Um, fighting is neat. There's, um, It's different than... Um, I'm used to with Final Fantasy because there's your enemies appear on a grid that's three by three, and the closer they are on the grid to you, the more damage they do to you. So you can use spells and skills to kind of push them away from you so that they do less damage to you and the people in your party. Now, granted, I've only encountered one enemy in the demo, so um, it's just it's neat so far. Um, it it is you know an older game that's been remade, so the graphics in the gameplay itself aren't terrific. Um, but the overlay that they put on and all the new stuff that they kind of added to the game is is very good looking. And that's it. 
I mean, it's it's different. It's nothing like I know I've played something very similar to this before. I can't remember what it was, but this is it's a good game so far, and it's uh, I'll probably buy the full version because, like I said, it's only the demo. Yeah, I mean, so uh, for everybody out listening, um, if you're if you're a JRPG family, you're looking for something to do. You have a 3DS and you haven't put it away for a Switch yet, which you probably will soon. This sounds like a good swan song. Um, this is a remake of one of the better DS RPGs that is re- relatively hard to find, actually. Um, and so this is more story content. You can actually play a mode that lets you basically play the first game, and then you can kind of new game plus into the new content, which is kind of interesting. Um I don't know, it, it, and it makes it up to you. You can either play it with the new content, because it's all about time travel. So it's kind of like Chrono Trigger in that way, only a little bit more extreme. Um, it looks very cool. It looks like a JRPG on the 3DS. So um, it's coming out later on, uh, I think it's in March. Uh, so it's going to be 40 bucks no, for the 3DS. No, it's February. Next February? week. Um, yeah, Wait, February 13th. Really? really? Yeah. What's coming out in March that I'm thinking? I'm getting something wrong. It's fine. It comes out next week. Um yeah, we're definitely buying this. Uh, just from like two, sc- like literally, I looked at her screen twice, and I was like, "Nope, this is for us. We're doing it." <laughs> um, so, um, so that is a radiant historic, radiant historia, perfect chronology. Truth be told, I had it pre-ordered, but I canceled my pre-orders so that I could switch those monies over to the Nintendo Labo, because of course I did, because I'm a slave to Nintendo. You know this. Um, so I want to talk about something now, um, Doc. How do you, do you play mobile games? Like you play games on your phone ever, or is your phone sometimes? My phone is filled with mobile games for my three-year-old mostly, but okay. <laughs> sometimes. Can I recommend one for you that I think yeah. is like in your wheelhouse? Um, because I have lost many hours in the last two days. To <clears throat> and I'm going to read this one to you. Is that a dog? That's you my dog. dog? I have a dog. Sorry. <laughs> oh my god! I didn't know you had a dog. Hold on, let me like move the dog. I have a pug. Oh my god, it's a pug. Oh, you can see him. There he is. Hey dog. Alright. Alright. So let me let me lay this title on you. The name of the game is Dissidia Final Fantasy Opera Omnia. Because nobody just they can't just call it Final Fantasy Mobile. Um so here's what it is. It is so. Here's what my well. So my party right now, because this is a turn-based role-playing game. My turn. My party right now is the Warrior of Light from Final Fantasy One, Saz mm. from Final Fantasy Thirteen, and Tifa. What? Um, so basically, it's it is a mobile version of part of the story, the story mode from the Dissidia fighting game. Essentially, basically, there's this world that has these two gods in it. One of them is a good god named Materia. That's a little yeah. on the nose. Um, yeah. And then a bad guy. <laughs> yeah. And then there's a bad guy. And basically, they are both summoning through shenanigans heroes and villains from the various worlds and putting them together. And so they have to. So the good guys have to gather together to stop the bad guys. That's like the core of it. Um. It is so. I think this is where the Square Enix has finally figured out how to make a Final Fantasy game with gotcha mechanics because it's got the gotcha stuff where you're, you know, you're earning gems and buying essentially loot boxes. Let's put a pin in mm-hmm. that. We're going to talk about that later. Where you get equipment for the characters, but 
you get all the characters. You know, I have Cloud and I have Vivi and I have like, all these guys. Yeah, I have all these dudes in my party and I'm slowly getting more. I have hope. Um, eventually, I'm sure I'll get Lightning and Squall and, you know, all those guys. And yeah. you can use them. And in fact, there are certain quests that, like certain missions that you get bonuses for using different characters in them. So you, um, and you can replay missions over and over again, level your guys up, and there's no energy. So you can just keep doing it. So you can actually play the game as much as you want, really. There's some things that are limited. Um, and it's really kind of neat, right? Like they, the art style is kind of chibi but not super chibi. Um, we're not talking like worlds of final fantasy level chibi. Um, but it's interesting. Um, most notably it is free. Um, I have played through like, I'm in the third chapter of the story mode and I have spent zero dollars. Um, and everyone that plays the game, I think by the end of February gets like a huge chunk of like the virtual currency, like the premium currency Mm. that you use to buy stuff, which is enough to spin the wheel and get five guaranteed five-star items, like, six mm. times or something. Um, and it's pretty generous with the stuff. So I recommend it. Um, Jenna hasn't seen me play it. Um, she knows that I have been playing it because it's when I've been sitting around just messing around on my phone. Um, but it's a lot of fun. It is a big download. You probably need a newer phone to use it. Um, but, yeah, Final Fantasy or Dissidia, Final Fantasy, Opera, Omnia. Um, nothing really bad for, you know, like, from a content perspective, Kids may not know who these characters are, but like if you're a Final Fantasy person or like an RPG person and maybe you're just not in there and your kid wants to play it, I I don't see any reason why you wouldn't let a kid play it. It's not like dark themes or anything. It's just a fantasy story. Um, They might miss out on the, oh my goodness, that guy's in it. But but this is an introduction to some of those characters, so when they play some of those games later, they'll be like, oh, I know that guy. Exactly. It's how you teach your children about the glory that is Final Fantasy. Exactly. Um, yeah. And did, did I forget? Did you play Final Fantasy Thirteen? Yes. Where do you come down on Saz? S a z h for those listening. Did you like Maybe him? Maybe not. Or did you not? He uh, was the dude uh, with the, the chocobo and his fro and the guns. Oh, I did like that dude. Yeah. Yeah, I liked that dude. Um, Don't hate. Oh, dude. Dude, dude, dude. <laughs> Jenna, has, Jenna, will, Jenna will attest. She has heard me talk about this. Um, Saz is um, my personal gangster. Like, I oh. love that man. First okay, off, good. he drives a that robot that transforms into a car, first off. And right. you know I love Transformers. So <laughs> he, drives a, he drives a frit who happens to turn into, like, a roadster, which is rad um and he has a chocobo in his hair and i respect uh gaming dads who take their stuff seriously and he legit took that stuff seriously um so yeah i'm down with that guy yes um, so anybody no, no, no. who has a chocobo friend you, you gotta know. like them right Jenna? you gotta right right you know how i feel about that game i mean yeah. i i like my Final Fantasy games to be more like sword and sorcery and less like, yeah. you know, driving cars and cooking ramen soup. Um, you know. <laughs> Listen, don't hate on the ramen soup. First off, there wasn't ramen soup. It was cup oh, noodles. Sorry, it was cup noodles. Because it was okay, officially right. sponsored by cup noodles. We don't oh, want to disrespect the marketing plan. Um, <laughs> yes. It was officially sponsored by cup noodles. Um, 
So anyway, that was a little bit of an aside. Sorry for those of you. I can't help it. Um, I get my BFF here. We're going to talk about Final Fantasy. So we're gonna. Um, so that is um, that's our mobile adventure for the week. Um, I'm actually going to write a review of it. We don't typically review mobile games, but I'm really excited about this one, so I'm going to throw it up there. Um, but I was sent a code by play uh, by Playful Games this week for the Xbox One and Oculus Rift exclusive um, Super Lucky's Tale. Um, which is a 3D platformer um, that is very much a, you know, I want to... They're trying to do the Mario formula, not quite as well, but it's pretty good. It's adorable, because you play as a little fox uh, in a t-shirt. Um, and it's pretty good. I, I mean, I, I just started playing it this afternoon. Um, I actually was taking a nap, and my, our nine-year-old decided that he was going to boot it up, and he played a bunch. Um, and then he got very angry when I got past him, but what are you going to do? I'm older and have been playing platformers since bef- well before he was alive um anyone with an xbox one and kids this is a must play period the end because if you own an xbox one especially if you don't have a switch and you're not getting mario odyssey or any of that there are very few explicitly kid-friendly games on the xbox so um i would dive on this hard um and let me let me take a look for you on the good old amazons it's absolutely adorable. It really is. Um, you know, he does. It, it reminds me of Donkey Kong Country. Um, that's what it really reminds me of more than it does mm. of, you know, the Mario games. But because um, you do collect letters as you go through and, you know, he, he the levels look very Donkey Kong. Um, it's cool because you can tell it was designed for the Oculus Rift because it kind of the levels switch between the front of the screen and the back of the screen. Almost like it's, you know, it's it's like a a 3d or 2d level but it's just it's it's neat it looks like you could tell like when you're watching a movie that was meant for 3d you can see that this was meant for 3d but it doesn't really take away from the way you play the game at all all right folks um it's 16 dollars on amazon absolutely this is outright theft that is legal you do this. Uh, it's absolutely worth sixteen bucks. I think it's even worth it if you just if you own an Xbox One and you just like platformers. This is not like a strict children's game. Um, I think this is absolutely a the perfect option. You know, if you're just looking for more three D platformers, um, which of which there really haven't been that many. I mean, I know they brought some back. There was Ukulele that they put out last year that was kind of a disappointment. Um, you know, Mario Odyssey obviously is a big deal, but that's locked on the Switch. But you should buy one of those. But this is that's a different discussion. Um, Super Lucky's Tale, sixteen dollars, absolutely worth it. Uh, we'll put a link to that in the show notes. If you buy it using that link, you know you, you'll be supporting the show. Um, so those are the games we've been playing. What do you think about the? That's a reasonable little suite there, Doc. You think? Those are yeah, and games. if it and if it's like Donkey Kong Country, I mean, I played so many hours of that game when I was in. Younger. I'm not going to say what grade I was in when I was younger. Um, So, yes. (laughs) I would be... That sounds good, like a good one to me, for sure. So, that's Around the Horn. Let's take a little break. Very short. For a sponsor. And then we will come back. And then we're we're going to get serious. And talk about medical diagnoses and why that makes (laughs) the good doctor angry. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening to Engage, a family gaming podcast. Our podcast this week is brought to you by Player One Coffee. Specifically, 
uh, my personal favorite, uh, the Leroy Jenkins brand of Player One Coffee. The I can attest to this. It's an extra caffeine blend. It's about 15 bucks a package, and it is worth every penny because, man, I, I had it given to me as a gift. They didn't send it to me. They didn't reach out to me. This is all on our own. Um, it was sent to me, and I didn't even have to put sugar in it. And I normally have to make a milkshake in order to enjoy coffee. Um, and this one, I barely had to do that. And it kept me awake. With that said, I, I don't want to have it after 6 o'clock at night because it is extra caffeinated. Um, there are other flavors or uh, brands. There's First Person Smoother, uh, God's Gift to Gamers, or Overclocked Omen. I don't know what any of those mean. The Leroy Jenkins one was given to me, obviously, because I'm a World of Warcraft fan. So if you would like to try this coffee out, and if you'd like to support our show, please head on over to engagefamilygaming.com slash coffee, that's C-O-F-F-E-E. Every time you buy it, you, uh, get a, you get a little bit of a break uh, for our listeners, and also, we get a little bit, helps keep the lights on. So, thank you very much for listening. Let's get back to the show. All right, everybody. Thank you very much for remaining with us here at Engage a Family Gaming Podcast. It is still episode 119. I am still your host, and I am still joined by two of my favorite people on Earth, my lovely wife, Jenna, and my BFF, the Dr. Rachel Cowart. Um, so we're going to get serious, as I promised before. Um, to, to give the news, and then we'll talk about what it means, um, late 2017 and officially announced by the World uh, Health Organization in January of 2018, they announced that they were going to be including gaming disorder in their draft of the 11th revision of the International Classification of Diseases. That would be ICD-11. Um, in layman's terms... Every so many years, the entire medical community comes together and comes up with a list of codes that are used to determine what's wrong with you when you go to a place for treatment. Um, so you might remember seeing commercials within the last year or so where they will talk about like how they have a code for you got chased by a duck and stuff like that. Those are not jokes. That's actually a thing. Uh, that's part of ICD-10. Um, and so as soon as it's like operating systems. Um, as soon as Windows 10 comes out, Microsoft is already working on Windows 11 immediately, probably even before Windows 10 is out, right? Like, they're always trying to iterate and improve. Um, the reason they have these codes is for a couple of reasons. Um, one of them is to drive research, right? Things that appear in these things tend to get research-ish. I'm putting a pin in that because I, as soon as I said that, the doc made a face. <laughs> um, yeah, I did. I said ish. I said ish. <laughs> Another reason is you have a code. There are a lot of places where you can't get treatment if it doesn't have a code. So that makes a difference uh, because it's kind of adds legitimacy, quote unquote. I know you're making a face, Doc. Give me a break. Um, so this is that's what these things are for. Um, and also it, it makes it so that insurance companies in the United States, it makes it so insurance companies and doctors can talk. I know people don't like hearing about that, but it is part of my day job, so I talk about it. So, that's what happened. Um, as soon as that happened, there were some people who were very, very excited, and some people who were not. And then a lot of people who were caught in the middle because they had no idea what the heck it meant. Um, Doc, why don't you yeah. share what it means... 
can you strip your vehement uh, your your vehement <laughs> rejection of it? Can you share what it means now, like for the research community, etc.? Do you know or have a pain? I know you know. So you you're right in that it. Yeah, I mean, it does mean, like you said, that there will be more funding now. And a lot of people who support this decision, as you mentioned, I'm definitely on the other side of the fence, but we can talk about that in a minute. Oh, but I was um, to. a lot of people who support <laughs> support the decision, one of their main um, reasons that they support the decision so strongly is because now you will be able to acquire far more research funding in this area than you did previously without it being formally recognized. Yeah. Um. That is, I mean, it seems to me, just from the literature I read, it almost feels like that's what this was. It was like, we want to make this a thing, so we're going to make it a thing so we can research it. To me, it almost feels kind of like confirmation bias. It's like, we think it's a thing, so we're going to make it a thing so that we get more research to confirm what we suspect. Um, Well, see, I have to interject real quick, (laughs) because that's exactly the problem with it also. It's like, okay... That I understand that that's like the positive, but on the negative side, what you're doing by formally recognizing it is shifting the focus of the research and rather being exploratory, like, is this a thing and what does it look like? Now the research is becoming confirmatory. It is a thing now. So what does that look like? And that completely changes the approach of the research. So I agree with you on that, for the record. Um, so... For the now, admittedly, this is two you know professionals that work in research and also you know like literally a doctor in you know in the field and also a, just a dude. But also, I work in I work in the health insurance field. I'm just a dude at the end of the day, but I work in the health insurance field, so I'm familiar with these codes, what they do, why they exist. Um, but also, I am someone who I think, and my wife will confirm, I may have exhibited some of these. You know, I, I probably fit some of this definition. Um, I think it may be worth doing some reading. Um, so if you don't mind, I have Do what their definition is. Um, and then we can talk about it. Um, so the thing that I really hate about it is in the little PDF that they did, they started the definition with the last word on one page. And then they had a whole like indented italics remaining definition on the other page. So I thought like I misprinted it and I was like, no, no, they just, somebody just decided not to format it correctly. This is the English teacher in me or not the English teacher in me, the, uh, the I'm editor. Just say, in me. What? That, that's, me. <laughs> that's you. That's you. This is the editor in me going, dude, you academics, come on, make it look good on screen. Anyway, um, you academics, you, I'm just, I know <laughs> always causing trouble. Here's, here's what it says. And I quote from the World Health Organization, uh, gaming disorder or games disorder. No, specifically, it is gaming disorder is manifested by a persistent or recurrent gaming behavior characterized by an impaired control over gaming, increased priority given to gaming over other activities to the extent that gaming takes precedence over other interests and daily activities and continuation of gaming despite the occurrence of negative consequences. The behavior pattern is of sufficient severity to result in significant impairment in personal, family, social, educational, occupational, or other important areas of functioning. These features and the underlying pattern of gaming are normally evident over a period of at least 12 months in order for a diagnosis to be assigned. 
Although the required duration may be shortened if all diagnostic, diagnostic requirements are met and symptoms are severe. That is their language. I just read it. I made it, I, it occurred to me three quarters of the way through that I was super reading it in my cheerful voice as opposed to like <laughs> my stuffy British voice or something. Um, so I certainly, those are serious things. Certainly don't want to make it sound happy. However, um, you have some problems with that. Well, before we have well, you talk about that, Jenna, what do you? What are your thoughts when you read? When you hear me read that? Um, aside from anecdotal evidence and lots of stories that I have of you and children and other people that I know going through issues where game taking over their lives, I I want to say that many disorders which are classified due to addictive behaviors, and I always felt that there's kind of been a gap that gaming was left out of it because it does have inherent addictive behaviors especially if you're a person an adult child whatever with some of these other diseases that go with gaming addiction that 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 gaming addiction kind of it it comes not more naturally to them so like adhd they kids who have the h have a tendency to hyper focus video games is one of the things that they hyper focus on, and when they have that issue, you know, justified and this. So I'm happy that it's included. That's why I'm happy that it's included because I've seen it and I've seen that kind of behavior manifest itself with who are very close to me. So I'm happy. That I know that it makes a difference in the educational field to have a who or an ICD-9 recognized diagnosis that they can put, you know, behavioral plan, an IEP, a PPT, things like that for that to help students who, children who have these issues in school and how to, you know, get over it, that they need a diagnosis. So this, to me, is big news and it's good news. So I'm on the complete opposite end of this. Okay. I'm excited by it. And I'm there. Okay. So that is what I suspected would happen and I'm very happy. Um, <laughs> I set this up. Uh, beautifully. So, all right. So, um, I can, as some, so if you want to know some of my personal experiences on some of this, um, you can go to engagefamilygaming.com. You can see an article that I wrote that was talking about me. Um, and I, in it, I say, I am a recovering World of Warcraft addict. I put that very bluntly. It's on my, it's on engagefamilygaming.com. Now, I should have put addict in quotes because that doesn't exist yet and maybe never will because this is a recommendation. It's not permanent. Um, but um, I do, I, I think that it's certainly something that is, you know, it, it can't, it, I'm struggling with my own words. That's not the internet uh, that is making me stumble. Um, I feel strongly about this in a few ways. I know how, I know what happened to me. Um, at several times in my developing adulthood. Um, and so something happened um, and something that I think is medically relevant. Now, I think my concern with calling it like a gaming disorder is like, what the hell is it really different being addicted to games versus being addicted to gambling versus being addicted to something else. Like, does it need its own category or we can just, can we just classify like addiction? That's not like to, to 
illicit substances. Can we just all lump those together and just call it something else? Um, because I don't think games need to be like specifically attached um, on their own. I think that's part of my issue is I just feel like games are being singled out a little bit unnecessarily um, when they could probably just be lumped in with something else. Um, because you know, I, I mean, what, what do you? What are your thoughts on that, Doc? Uh, I'm taking notes. I have so many thoughts. Um, okay, so. The first issue that you just mentioned, I'll start with that. Um, the definition that the WHO gives that you read is very vague, and that's one of the main problems that scholars have about it. Because like you mentioned, impaired control, increased priority, escalation, despite negative consequences. Why? There's nothing about that definition that is specific to video games. It could be golfing, right? There, you could insert anything in there. There's nothing specific about it. Sure. Um the APA, the American Psychiatric Association, they have put online gaming disorder in the back of their latest diagnostic manual as a condition that requires further research. Um, people have issues with that as well, but at least I'm going to give them a little bit more credit because at least it was specified with online gaming disorder. It was trying to at least differentiate that there may be something specific about gaming, and in this case, online gaming, that perhaps might be more addictive than other behavioral addictions. Um that said, in the DSM, which is what you know, psychologists and psychiatrists use, currently the only behavioral addiction in there is gambling. So a lot of the scholars in the field have the same concerns as you and say, what is it about gaming? Why isn't sex addiction? Sex addiction's not in there. Workaholicism, work addiction isn't in there. Why aren't these quote unquote behavioral addictions, potential behavioral addictions at a higher priority level uh, than gaming? What is it about gaming? And nobody can really specifically answer that question, which is where a lot of the problems lie with all the attention being given to it um, over the exclusion of other kinds of potential behavioral addictions. Yeah, I'm kind of with you on that. I mean, I think another piece, like, is it possible, and Jenna, you can chime in at any time, um, is it possible that this is getting some of that extra attention just because it's just all part and parcel to the whole moral panic around video right. games being a new thing? Right, and formalizing it as a disorder is going to do nothing except exacerbate the moral panic that we currently have about games, which... 99.9% .9 of it is unfounded in the research, the concerns where the moral panics are about games themselves. So, yeah. And we've been over that. I mean, on this show ourselves and, you know, in, you know, some of the con you know, conversations I've had with parents in person, you know, we talk a lot about the, 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 and in your book, actually, which I can't believe I didn't plug at the beginning of the show, but parents uh, got video now. games. Um, I still have it on my desk and I reference it almost every week. It's right here. Um, it's not. You know what I noticed? It's not signed. I'm gonna have to get that fixed. Oh, I'll send one. Yeah. Um, oh. So um, I'm collecting signed books now. That's like my new thing. I have a Stephen King signed The Stand. Excellent. Um, that's like the piece de resistance, as it were. Uh, but well, but still mine come. Number yeah. two. Well, I mean, he's Stephen King. Number two would be uh, Dr. Rachel Coward. Uh, okay. Parents Guide to okay. Video Games. Okay. So you talk a lot, and there, pretty much every book that I have read about kids and video games talks about the idea that the the whole idea of violence and aggression and stuff like that, just it's, there is no causal connection. There's just none. Correct. And it's been 
discussed over and over again and they keep funding it and they keep researching it and probably they keep researching it and funding it because they don't want to research and fund other things which is another topic that we probably shouldn't talk about on a gaming podcast but um feels like they just kind of throw video games under the bus um and so and it's part of this whole moral panic thing and i agree i think part like this just feels like this is part of the the drill it's like all right well games are bad because kids are doing kid things um and so we got to make them go away um or at least study that. But I don't think. Go ahead, Jen. Sorry, I mean I'm interrupting because I don't think that any of the articles that I've read, based on them adding this to the ICD nine codes, they're not they're not saying that games are bad. They're not saying in general. There's there a lot of them are saying games can help with mental issues. Games can help kids with their you know learning and development and stuff like that. But there are certain addictive behaviors like gambling disorder, like substance abuse i mean there's so many other things that you can say or like i said i'm not a doctor but there are many addictive behaviors that manifest themselves for kids who have these tendencies to become addicted to games if codes for other disorders due to addictive behaviors that are unspecified so now they're just making gaming disorder a specified one i mean am i seeing that incorrectly i mean that is a code isn't that Right. Well, I think that is what they're getting at. But the problem with pinpointing games over other things that perhaps have more research is that it has not in any way been convincingly demonstrated that problematic gaming is in itself of a problem and not rather a coping mechanism used for other underlying issues. So you mentioned ADHD, which we could talk about, or anxiety or depression. And that could be the underlying issue and games are just the coping mechanism. There's been, you know... 40 years of game research, maybe not all about addiction, but there is thousands of study on gaming addiction. And it, if you look at the field of research as a whole, the research is just not convinced, convincing enough that it is distinct to have its own diagnosis rather than like sex addiction, right? Which has a whole lot of research that is pretty set in its way saying this is something specific that people can be uniquely addicted to or uniquely crave. Gambling addiction uh, is the same way. But games, the research is muddled. It could just be working through depression or anxiety. I also played a lot of World of Warcraft. We can talk about addictive behaviors with with World of Warcraft or what I would maybe call like prolonged engagement. Um, But it was feeding something underlying at the time. The game itself was not the addictive component it was just a way to cope with other things that was that was going on so i'm not saying that people can't be addicted it's entirely possible that people can be addicted it's just to jump to that conclusion at this point where the state of the research is saying oh i'm not sure and the uh, american psychiatric association saying oh i'm not sure and unicef also doesn't recognize it and for the who to just be like we should do it and this is a thing that's why the community is a bit like ah is it should we should we really go there like now uh not convinced so my thought, and Jenna, just to kind of, and I don't want to make it sound like I'm dogpiling you. It's just there's there's only three of us. Um, I should have gotten a fourth person. So um, the my response to that, like they're not saying it's bad. I don't think they are saying that it's bad. I don't think that the World Health Organization is out there explicitly being like video games are the devil. Like that, that, that that's not anything that I have read. But this is what happens. So the World Health Org, and I, I watched it hit. When this announcement hit, I watched it hit Twitter. I watched it hit Facebook, and I am in a lot of, and being that I am both a parenting, you know, like I'm in a lot of groups that are kind of 
cross like a cross section of the universe. Like I'm in the podcast beyond Facebook group, which is an IGN Facebook group, right? Like that's just a bunch of dude bros and dude ladies talking about games and they are about as pro game as you can get and not the most mature. Right? Because they're you know, a lot of them are younger. Um and they saw those announcements and outside of one dude who happens to be a practicing physician, um like there were a lot of people that were just like lashing out at the decision. And then I was in, I am in parenting groups where people were like, legitimately, I knew it. My mm-hmm. kid is never touching Minecraft again. Mm-hmm. Um, because now, you know, they basically now they just, it, you know, someone shares the article and a bunch of soccer moms come in there. And I mean that like quite literally, because that's what it turned into. And a bunch of moms came in and were like, Oh, well I was wondering why my kid wanted to play two hours of Minecraft a day, you know, like, Oh my goodness, whenever he's playing, he's so sucked in and you know, he must be addicted. And this is, you know, I don't want him to, it's what if it's a gateway drug? And like, literally I saw some of these things because the reality is not everyone on earth is as reasonable as the three of us. In fact, I would argue well, that the vast majority of the earth is not as reasonable as the three of us. Well, and you know that I am, stuff. you know that I'm not the parent who's always like, you Oh, video games. Are, I'm not, but <laughs> Thank God, we have, ex- cause we'd have a we different have ex- issue. <laughs> right. But we have friends and we have, I, you know, I have people that I, that my kids are close to whose parents are very like the opposite. They do think video games are a gateway drug and they're evil and that they, you know, any time so, they're playing a video game, they so, automatically assume they're sucked in. To illustrate um, this point, not to cut you off, but I just want to tell a funny story to, to the doc. One of our uh, one of my son's friend's parents, I had to convince them or at least try to convince them that Minecraft was not horrifically violent. Oh my god. Because gosh. it was the way the child was playing the to game. To be fair, he was locking he was locking villagers in a house and pouring lava on them. I understand, but it was not horrifically <laughs> violent. No, but the child also the same child also took that playing the game and whatever ADD underlying issues there may be, took that game to 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 be typical symptoms of somebody that is obsessed with it. Um taking it to school, you know, pretending to play Minecraft while they're in class when they're not actually, they don't have a device in front of them to do it. They're just moving their hands around. That is, you know, that was a start of talking about it constantly, not being able to focus on anything else, writing school papers about Minecraft. Um, you know, some of those things started to, to take over his life. Um, so yeah, I mean, I get where her concern came from and I get why, you know, an educator or a parent or somebody would be in support of seeing this be this this behavior. There's got to be a reason for the behavior. And like you said, there's probably an underlying issue that the child was trying to cope with that made Minecraft so enticing to him. But on the other hand, there's some kids who are just they just get sucked into games. And yes, that's great. It's wonderful. That's what games are designed to do. But these kids who hyper focus on it you know, to tell another anecdotal story, we have another friend who had a adult age child, you know, go from teen to adult, who became so obsessed with the games that the child was playing that their personal hygiene and their communication and their schoolwork and they dropped out, they had a full scholarship to school, they dropped out of their first semester of college because they got so into their games. The child didn't shower, didn't bathe, um, instead of getting up, this is how extreme it got, instead of getting up to use a restroom in the house, used a drain in the basement because it was much more convenient 
to do that and, and continue to play the game rather than have to stop the game, pause, lose any progress made. And and use the bathroom. Um, which, and I hate to tell the story. What frustrates me about that is he was playing Hearthstone. You got a minute in between games. You can run. We don't know that that's the game. We don't. I don't know what the game is. I didn't get that I'm just far saying, into. I played some mobile I, games. I didn't want to. This you is a good have, friend. I didn't want to push it. Uh, um, I get it. Well, probably because she didn't know. I'm just saying there is no mobile game that you can't play one handed, bro. I'm just saying. I'm yes, just saying. but just... but that kind of behavior <laughs> and there that kind of behavior is is. It, it happens frequently. It's not uncommon that kids who have whatever going on become this entranced in their games. I have a another student in the school who comes in and can't form a complete sentence half the time without making a reference to Minecraft. It happens to be Minecraft. He's a high school age student and it's his focus. I mean, he's walking down the hallway singing music to Minecraft. And, you know, I'm sure, again, there are probably some underlying issues there, but this Having this code there, having having a, a a diagnosis or an issue that a doctor is dealing with that they can put in to place to say, hey, this kid has these issues. Maybe they need some help. That's why I like it. I, I like the the code there because, like I said, it's something that you can have a diagnosis to put in a PPT or an IEP or, you know, a 504 or any of these things that these kids need some extra help in school. Now they have a reason, um, as opposed to your kid's just weird. We can't really give them special ed services or we can't give them extra help. Your kid's just weird. You know, this feels to me like it gives them something to put in there that will allow them to get services and help and stuff like that. That's true. I mean, I, I don't think we completely disagree with each other. I, I mean, I, I agree that it's good that now there is a – uh, a code so like insurance and and whatever can, um can we say that that maybe it's bad but it has but not all bad things don't have good side effects like at the end of the day this may be of value to a certain subset of the population that doesn't mean it's a great thing overall right i don't know i can't even agree with that i don't think because i feel like that if the if what is being treated is gaming addiction you are no longer treating the underlying problem like maybe you are and they're also looking at okay maybe um, someone has an anxiety disorder, they're depressed or they're um, having social issues or whatever it might be. But by labeling it, oh, they're addicted to gaming, that is putting the power of the addiction in the behavior of the playing of the games and that's what's going to be treated rather than what... That, I think that's the concern of the researchers anyway. Maybe that's not the case and maybe they'll have well, a more holistic approach to... That's you know, fair treatment. though. So they're going to try and limit their game time instead of figuring out what's causing right. their need to play the well, game. Right. And I think... Okay. I think this is kind of a useful takeaway to the parents listening to this, because, I mean, the reason I wanted to talk about this, because, I mean, really, this is just some, like, you know, you and I could have had a Skype chat, and I could have written an article, you know, like this would, right. and, and and we could have, um, and we could have been just as, it would have been just as fun for me, however, um, <laughs> but I think the real thing that I wanted to get out here, and this is, like, the point, is the idea that, um, Pro, and you use the term, and I love and I love the term, and I see it in a lot of the kind of counterpoints to this. The idea of prolonged engagement. It was in your book, right? Like the idea mm -hmm. that um, kid gets a new game. I mean, listen, when I get a new game, <laughs> I I knock that out. Right now, there is a subset of this population that is playing the crap out of Monster Hunter Worlds. It came out last Tuesday. Or something, maybe last Friday. I'm not sure. I think games come out on Fridays now. They're moving around, but whatever. Came out and it is a never-ending kind of four-player MMO, basically. So like you are, there's there's a lot of people that have been putting that have probably put like 50, 60 hours into it since like last Friday, and 
Um, some people might be like, wow, that's an inordinate amount of time for one thing. But it's, you know, they're not going to do that forever. Because a lot of times right. you get really into a game and you're really enjoying it and then it's over. Or then you run out of stuff to do and you're done. Um, so that's, you know, that's prolonged engagement. And so um, I think a lot of parents see their kids get a new game. I mean, how many parents got their kids new games for Christmas or, you know, Santa brought them new games and they just went bananas during Christmas break and we're having trouble adjusting back to school. Like a lot of parents, you know, that's when you that's when you start to see, oh, man, he's so addicted to Legend of Zelda. I mean, maybe right. not. Maybe maybe it's just really one of the best Nintendo games ever made on ever. Like literally freaking ever. Oh, stop rubbing it playing. in. Still haven't played it. Oh, oh gosh. Well, you should come, Killing you should, me. You should come visit. You can, I, have I know. You can, I next know. Time, next time you're in the frozen north. I might be moving in that area. We can talk about that later. Oh, my goodness. Well, at least the same time zone. Time zone? Oh, you're going to go to Florida zone. or something? Um, no. Anyway. <laughs> no. No. I don't know. Florida's Florida. Florida. Oh, listen, I don't know. Anyway. Definitely not Florida. Go on. Hey, anyway, we can, we will definitely talk about that. So and the invitation is always open. You're always welcome to come and play Legend of Zelda at my house. Thank you. Um, Thank you. I didn't tell my wife that I was going to invite you, but she knows. It's fine. Everything's cool. <laughs> we'll get along. Yeah, yeah you, you, you definitely will. And as long as you bring your baby, she'll hold your kid because she loves holding go. babies. Um, don't tell me I'm wrong, Jenna. You love holding babies. You're not wrong. I'm, I'm def- not, I, I love babies. She does love okay. babies. Um, and so um, I think that that's something to t- kind of take away from some of this discussion is that calling something an addiction means something. Like the fact that we're having a yeah. whole podcast where three grown-ups are talking about whether or not a, the classification of gaming disorder should have happened. Um, that means that it's not something that we can really throw around lightly. You know, we talk about things being addictive and we talk about being addicted to this, but like words mean things. Um, and in today's society, there's a lot of stuff where we've kind of abandoned the idea that words have meanings. But I think if there's ever one word that I think we kind of need to restore and kind of keep it, it's thing is, um, is addiction. Um, and go ahead. Can I interject briefly? Um, Cause you make up a good, you made a good point about, Prolonged engagement, because the other issue I have with the term addiction is that it is perhaps um, wrongly applying normal behavior for the vast majority of gamers as something abnormal. So a preoccupation, um, the example that your wife gave um, was obviously more towards the side of abnormal uh, about the, the child who was pretending to play Minecraft when he wasn't writing essays about it. But, you know, when I get a new game like zelda right we're still talking about zelda and that is a preoccupation technically we're talking about it we're bringing it up in conversation um i made a couple youtube videos last month and in both of them um i referenced green day who i'm obsessed with obviously and my husband was like maybe don't reference green day in every video you make um so i mean if we say that being preoccupied with something is all of a sudden abnormal okay well then 90 percent of gamers who got a new game for christmas are abnormal right so you have to try and try and see the line between what is actually normal and my child is actually fine versus taking it to the extreme. Because the extreme is very rare. I mean, people, sure, can have absolute problems and gaming can exacerbate them, but it's not going to be every single child on every corner. Fair enough. And I, I will say, um, in your defense, Jenna absolutely knows all about being preoccupied with a musician. 
I do. I absolutely do. I'm so excited about the Super Bowl, and not because of football. Who, I, have a problem. I, don't know, I don't even know who's playing at the Super Bowl. Who is it's playing just, at the Super Bowl? Today? It's Justin Timberlake, and I have oh, a really yeah. bad problem. I love Justin Timberlake, and I really shouldn't, but I do. Oh, that's that's not a problem, dear. That is not oh, good. a problem. <laughs> I feel I feel awful because I think he's so young, but then I realize that he's, he's the same age he's as Steve. Almost my age. Yeah, he's, he's like, you age. guys are two months apart. So um, I always am like, oh, God, I'm so old. I shouldn't like him. He's like a baby. And then I'm like, oh, well, he just, you're allowed to like my husband. He just, looks much <laughs> young, he just looks much younger than me. Um, part of that, that's part the, of that's the, my the, fault. I get it. I get it. You're going to make fun the, of my beard. It's the beard. <laughs> it's got to go. Go to, go, to, go to hell, Jenna. Go to hell. <laughs> anyway, um, it does need to go to hell. It does need to go away. It probably will later. Um, but anyway, um, that is notwithstanding. So um, I totally lost my train of thought because I was making fun of my wife for loving Justin Timberlake. And I really wasn't even making fun of it. He's my bro as well. I love that man. Um, but I am very excited for the Super Bowl for vastly different reasons. And everybody listening to this podcast is coming out on Monday, the day after the Super Bowl. So I'll either be very happy or very sad one of those two, because I'm a New England Patriots fan. Don't hate me. Oh, um, oh are you going to hate me now? Did we finally <laughs> no. find something? No, oh. I only watch college football. So All right. Me. Well, that's that's. If just... there's any consolation, my my whole family except for me is a huge Cowboys fan. So, oh, um, nice. Yeah, they're they're all uh, they're they're all they're huge. all very miserable this year, is what they are. Very oh. miserable, and I'm not miserable ever. So anyway, <laughs> um, all football talk aside, because really I should not be talking junk right now, because people listening to this could be laughing at me. Um, <laughs> so uh, hopefully not. So anyway, um, another interesting point that I wanted to bring up is, you know, because the idea of what is it, what are they talking about, you know, what are our thoughts on it? Another one is whether or not people should panic about it. And here is my take on this. Um, ICD-10 was first approved by the World Health Organization in 1994 and was not implemented in the United States until 2015. Um, And it had to be delayed through Congress like three times. So... Um, we've got a while before this really e- finally finds its way in, um, because it takes changing coding systems is a massive, massive undertaking. Um, one that will take a while. There will be debate and who knows if this might fall out or I don't know. It, there, there's a lot of option where things might change. Um, but I, and so I know I may have just by saying that may have just like totally invalidated in my listeners' minds why like we had this whole topic, but I still think that it is worth talking about because I, it is so easy and so we so casually talk about you know oh he's addicted and I agree with you I didn't even think about the whole like the fact that it is absolutely normal you know I still anytime someone says the word Zelda. Mm-hmm. Like literally, anytime somebody says the word Zelda, and Jenna can confirm this, they bring up Zelda, and I'm like, "Breath of the Wild is the best Nintendo game ever made." Like it's almost like a nervous tick, like mm-hmm. you know, like and I don't, I'm not, I, I and I barely play it, but I think about it a lot, you know, like it come and admittedly, I have a profession that kind of forces that, um, because games are kind of always at the front of my mind, but even before that, you know, um. I think it's something that would have stuck out. So it is normal for kids and for adults 
to play a game, engage with a game, and games aren't just games anymore. Games are cultural phenomenon. They're memes. Mm-hmm. They're YouTube videos. They're I mean, when you think about what Minecraft has turned into, right? Like there are people who like Dan TDM, Dan the Diamond Minecart, is a YouTube. He is a millionaire because he has entertained children with videos of himself playing Minecraft. Now, he does other stuff now, but, like, he is part of the cultural... Like, my youngest son wants to dye his hair blue because of this guy, right? Um, That's not an addiction, right? Like, it's just video games are more than just pixels on a screen now. Um, You know, think about Overwatch, right? Like, there are basically movies that come out every couple of months. Like, there are people who follow that game that don't play it. Um, Mm -hmm. So... I think that for those of you listening, if your kid is really grooving on a game and they're watching YouTube videos and they're looking up memes and they're showing you animated GIFs of um, their you know their favorite Pokemon characters and they're talking about Pokemon battles with their friends, that does not mean they are addicted to Pokemon. That means they are engaging with the media the way that it is designed. Um, and if you still think it's bad, I want to know about all you Game of Thrones people and how often you talked about it, read about it, read spoilers. Hey, now. Don't you be hating on Game of Thrones. I hate, I hate on Game of Thrones constantly. Oh, he does. I he does. Garbage. And I, I stopped I watching this show. I know, but you're... you're I stopped I'm, watching the show after the first season because am, of cable issues. But I read the books, and you read like 30 pages of the first book whoa, and then just whoa, whoa, gave whoa, up whoa, on whoa, it because whoa, whoa, whoa. you have a thing. No, we have to be honest I here, will admit that I am in a... I am, very you... specifically predispositioned to not like it. I th- <sighs> I am sure that he it is only likes good. books with heroes. He only likes stories with a hero. If it doesn't have a hero, he doesn't like it. So Game of Thrones is totally not him. It is not for you know, me. especially when you're in the first book and there really is no hero. So Listen, yeah, he this gave is what, up on this it. This is what happened when I read the book. I read the first book. And you know how every chapter is a different character. Yeah. Every chapter I would get to it and be like, crap, I got to read from this person again. And then halfway through the book, I was like, when was the last time I didn't say, oh, I got to read from this person's perspective again. And I went, oh, the beginning of the book. And then I put it away. Um, Here's the thing. I'm not making fun of Game of Thrones. I'm, I mean, maybe I am a little. Um, but, But I, I don't think that it's objectively bad. I say it when I, I, I say it's objectively bad to some people just because I'm trolling them. Um, and frankly, haters like me are part of the culture. It's true, and um, it, 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 and, and you're that's right. it. It's like adults talk adults about adults talk about Game, Game of Thrones, Thrones and, and I don't even Outlander. get me started on dudes playing fantasy football. Listen, listen. But you know, it's about fandom. Right? I think that's what it is. Yeah. Like Game of Thrones has a fandom, and like we have Twitch, and we have, like you said, YouTube videos. It's all about having a fandom. So it's not like, yeah, you go to the arcade and you play Pac-Man, and you go home and you don't talk about it anymore, unless you know, you got the new high score. It's everywhere. It's in everything. It's in every outlet. It's all around us. And Game of Thrones is amazing. Throw fine. that in there. That's fine. So, Steve, I have to ask you since we are talking, and I'm, I'm going to go back to the topic because <laughs> yeah. Game of Thrones is not very family no, 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 friendly. No, no, no. Well, the, Game of Thrones was not necessarily the whole. Like we were talking about, I was using that as an example. I, I know. Yes. Um. Now you really do need to come on Geeking with the Moms, which is another podcast I'm on. Hashtag shameless plug because they uh they talk about Game of Thrones all the time, and you could jam out with them, and I then can. I could take a week off because right, then you could just it. replace me. I'm sure they would be very happy. 
Um, okay. But I do have a legit question, though. For the American Association of Pediatrics, yeah. they have put in specific information about limiting screen time and how screen yeah. time affects behaviors and how media, digital media, specifically online media, affect children and, and behavioral issues and things like this. Is this that much of a stretch away from what the American Association of Pediatrics has done with screen time and digital media and stuff like that? Okay, well, it's oh, oh, a whole other conversation. Okay, so the American Association of Pediatrics does have limitation on screen time, but if you um, talk to a lot of people immersed in the research and the people who even made that decision, the the limits that they put on screen time is relatively arbitrary and it doesn't distinguish between what kind of screen time that they're doing. Um, so it doesn't say that maybe two hours of Skype with grandma is any different but, or bad or better. But yeah. they actually addressed that last fall. Did they? In their yeah, most they recent one. update, in their recent update, yeah. they specifically addressed that one point where and now then. context matters. So okay. now it's less about how long and more about what they're doing to the point right. where they even said uh, children under two, it used to be verboten. Right. It used to be you cannot put a screen in front of a t someone under the age of two. And now they're right. saying, OK, that's cool. As long as it's like mom reading an animated book or Skyping with a caregiver or something like that. They've adapted their, their guidelines to be more based on use cases because it used to be screens were all treated the same. Right. Whereas right. now it's like there is a huge difference between a kid like looking stuff up on Wikipedia or right. jamming out on YouTube watching Try Not to Laugh videos. Right. right. So they have. They've added that differentiate differentiation in there to to say what is high quality media right what you know well, what can it. they consume yeah. um right. so but they have they had evidence based before they came up with these recommendations based on children's behavior from watching and 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 behaviors in in growth and development right. from watching too much generic well screen time yeah i mean i think that the best advice in relation to any anything that is trying to um specify about screen time is everything in moderation like my daughter some days doesn't have any youtube and some days i'm not gonna lie she got five hours of youtube right and I, she's very her vocabulary is well developed her behavior is fine um i think as long as media is not being used as a substitute for other things that are meant to be developmentally challenging reading books and engaging with other people um i think that it's it's fine personally from what i've read and from what i know and i think it is a big difference between that and um, jumping to gaming disorder because gaming disorder is specifying one specific kind of media as being different from all of the others. And there's, again, I mean, games are engaging, sure, but movies are engaging too. And if, if we're going to talk about, you know, fandoms and if we use the WHO criteria, which again are very generic, maybe if they were more specific, I wouldn't have such an issue with it, but increased priority, you know, talking about, um, being preoccupied, I could talk about my favorite movie all day long. Um, and there's just nothing specific about gaming that they have identified that makes it more addictive than any other kind of media that I've seen. Outside of the fact, and I think this is what might be, is that a well-designed game is trying to do that. I think that's the only counterpoint. Okay. Is that a good? Is that truly good game design? Like well designed feedback loops and gaming loops right. is trying to force True. your engagement. That's yeah. why. That's why and reward that's why, you for 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's why matches in Splatoon are three minutes. You know, like, so I think that contributes to it. I'm not saying that 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 means that I agree with it. I'm just saying I think that that can't help. Like, movies don't try. Like, let's. I think movies is probably less of a um a, a good example. But how about shows that come out on Netflix? And it's an entire season and people just binge the hell out of it. And, like, their life is destroyed for a weekend because they got to watch Daredevil. Right. Right? And so – but that's just for a weekend. But still, like, you know, that's that's a big deal. But is their life destroyed for a weekend or did they just really enjoy their weekend? I mean, that's a very good question. One that I ain't here to judge because I'm just a a video game (laughs) blogger. (laughs) Well, yeah. I mean, binge watching is another thing. Why is it called binge watching? Why isn't it just called I watched a whole lot of Peaky Blinders this weekend? I don't know. I don't know. Isn't that why I brought a doctor on here? Shouldn't you just know? Well, I mean, I've been to to lectures. No, I've actually been to lectures where they talk about the difference between binge watching and just really being into a show. And I think it's the same with gaming addiction. Where the line comes is prolonged negative consequences due to your activity specifically. But with gaming, again, I think that it's far more likely that it's related to something underlying than the media itself. Although, like you mentioned, it is a good point. Games are trying to to, to suck you in. I think, so I think that probably is more just why they might think it's different because it's trying like a good game yeah. designer. You know, I'm in a couple Slack. I'm in a Slack channel with a guy who is a literal, like he works for mobile game, like as a mobile game designer. I think mobile games are probably a little more. Yes. I think mobile games That's are a little if, bit more of yeah. like, and I mean the, the one real, like of the things that we described, right? Like we've talked about some examples and I think, you know, people listening, they've probably been screaming at their car stereo listening to us talk this whole time because right? right. they know a guy, right? Like, everybody <laughs> yep. knows a kid. I think the vast majority of the stories that I know that have gone south have been because of mobile games. And one of the things is it's not necessarily about time. It's about resources, too, right? Like, the people who have spent thousands of dollars as whales on some of these mobile games. Um, and I'm not talking about kids hitting the button because they don't know that they're spending real money. Like, that's that's a different problem, but that's not an addiction problem. That's that's an Apple and Android marketplace stealing from people problem. Um, and yeah, I said that shots fired um, at me if you want. Um, right. Like th- that's, that's bad. And they've been slapped down yeah. and that's getting fixed, but that's not the, most of the issues that I see are with people playing MMOs on their, or uh, MMOs and MOBAs on their phone and, you know, losing. And because it's, you, 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 you don't have a, a like a place. You don't have your computer. You don't have your game console. You could be playing this anywhere, and so you stay up all night because you you know yeah. it's right there. But when you talk about gaming, I agree that mobile games seem to have far more of a draw. We can talk about my husband. He plays those games a lot. Um, but that's those aren't never the games, are they? That we talk about when we talk about gaming addiction. It's always the children and the consoles. It's never about the adults and the mobile games, is it? Well, because it's always. For the children. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that's the thing, right? Like, it's always... But again, that's because why people, I Because is... people make the assumption that children can't be... Children regulate. don't... Yeah, they can't regulate, yeah. whereas adults yeah. should be able to. But right. on the other hand, you know, no. If it's a truly addictive behavior, then adults and children are equally as susceptible to right. it. Because none of them have the ability to regulate if it's an addictive behavior. So I think that's why people focus on the children so much because it's our job as parents to regulate them. So they want... What was that? Was it Clash Royale that I played for like... 
It was like Clash of Clans, but it was like with cards and stuff. And man, I could not stop for like three weeks. And eventually I looked at my wife and I was like, I'm deleting this. I have to delete this because I didn't, I mean, I went like a week without publishing on my site. I was playing it at work. I had a child who took it, who was sneaking his iPod to do the same, same game, sneaking it up to bed and playing until three in the morning. Um, His parents would take it away. He'd go downstairs at night and and sneak it and play it. I mean. And so I had to delete it. I was like, no, this game is so good. It was so good. But I had to put it away because I couldn't, I couldn't do it. They got those feedback loops. Oh, man, they're so short. And it's always like, oh, that jerk. I'm going to come back and get a win to to come back. And I never did because the thing that you don't know about me, Doc, is uh, I'm really bad at games. Like, I'm real (laughs) bad. Like, I am, man, am I Unless it's a platformer. I'm good at platformers. Pretty good at platformers. Pretty okay. That's about it. I'm not good. I'm, like, aggressively okay. Like, (laughs) good at platformers. I mean, that's GDQ, like those guys. Like, have you heard of, have you seen the speedrunning community? Have you ever seen? No. Okay, this is what we need to do. We need to hang out and watch some speedruns. Speedruns. We just need to hang yeah. out just in general. Um, Don't do it. Don't fall for it. <laughs> generally Don't do hates it. it. So twice a year, they have this Games Done Quick Marathon. It's two weeks long, and they raise a lot of money. It's a week long, rather, and they raise a lot of money, like a million dollars a time, almost wow. two, actually, for, like, Doctors Without Borders and Doctors cancer. Without Borders, yeah. Like, they raise a lot right. of money, and they have people who are, like, the best Mega Man player in the world mm. come and sit down and play this in front of a live audience. And it's amazing. Um, I will never be that good because I'm bad at video games. But I'm better than a nine-year-old at video games. I'm, I'm good enough to make my kids say, wow, Dad, how are you so good? Oh, that's good. That's good. That is a good benchmark. <sighs> yeah, better than Whereas a nine-year-old. I am so awful that they make fun of me about oh. every game that I play. <laughs> but I, I did beat two games this year for the first time in my entire so, life. So. And, I, um, and I did give uh, Evan, Evan, our oldest, has been talking a lot of junk. A lot of junk. And uh, he's been talking junk to me, and I and, and now my new thing is I look at him and I go, "You beat Final Fantasy four yet?" And he's like, "No," and I'm like, "And then leave me alone." He's That's been nursing that game since I think he started to read. Like I think yes. it's, it's one of the first DS games we got him, and he keeps getting into it, getting to a point, getting stuck, and then mm-hmm. he just refuses to grind. And it's a JRPG, bro. Like, come on. There you go. Anyway, that's what you got to do. So anyway, anyway. <laughs> so that is so that's our thoughts. So here's what I'd like to do, folks. Um, for, <clears throat> excuse me. This is this. These are just our thoughts and opinions. We're not the be all end all. We are not the World Health Organization. Um, We're not. And the world moves as it will, and we can't stop it. But we'd love to talk about it. So um, what I would recommend that you do um, is. Uh, you can come talk about it in our Facebook community, um, and that is uh, engagefamilygaming.com slash community. Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Also, you can tweet at the good doctor, at Lena Caruso. Is that how it's pronounced? Yes, it is. Is that still your Twitter handle, or did you change it? It is. No, that's still my, that, yeah, that's my Twitter. Yeah, so if you, have, if you have feelings, if any of the stuff that the good doctor said made you feel a certain kind of way, you can tweet <laughs> at her. Um, just, just be nice. Be Please. nice. My audience is super nice, so you're not going to have... It's not like you went on like Podcast Beyond and said video games are bad. I mean, no. I'm just one person with one opinion. You're just one... You are an awesome person oh, thank you. with an opinion, uh, if I may say. So, um, folks, we're going to wrap up our show today. Um, 
And, um, you know, next week we're going to be back talking about board games. Um, specifically, I'm gearing up for New York Toy Fair. So I'm going to be talking about all the stuff I'm going to see there. And also, Jenna, how cool is this? Did you see King Domino has an expansion with giants in it? I did. You showed me that. I still haven't played enough King Domino yet to to really be excited about it, but I'm excited for you to be just, excited just, tonight. Just I want to play hype. that game again. Yeah, okay. I am. Okay. Get hype, okay? Get hype. Also, <laughs> um, I'm going to be specifically talking about some of the board game accounts on Instagram that you need to follow. That's what we're going to talk about next week. Um, but until next time, I do want to thank you for listening to our episode, episode 119 can't believe we made it this far of Engage, a family gaming podcast. I hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as I enjoyed recording it with two of my favorite people on Earth. Um, until next time, you have a great week, and don't forget to get your family game on. We'll see you later, folks. Bye. Bye, everyone. Bye. Thank you for listening. Tune in next.